in his words, letting Jesus speak for himself, week two, I am the light of the world. A boatman was taking a scholar and traveling in a boat on a journey on a uh, lake. The scholar and the boatman uh, began to discuss. The scholar asked the boatman, do you know philosophy? In which the boatman said, no, I don't. The scholar said, do you know psychology? No. Do you know geology? Nope. I suppose you don't know accountancy or anything financial. Nope, really don't. Hmm, life must be really boring for you. In a few moments, a storm rose on the small lake in which they were, and it was so furious that the boat began to sink. The scholar became afraid, and the boatman said to the scholar, Do you know how to swim? No, I do not. No, huh? A boatman said, Do you, do you believe in God? And the scholar said, no, I don't. He said, well, that's even worse. And then the boatman brought out a small lamp, and he said, do you believe this light can save you? I don't know. Do you believe this light can save you? I sure hope so. And he began to wave the light, and as he waved the light, he knew someone was looking, as they always did, from the shore when a storm came. And sure enough, a small powered boat came out and saved them and took them to shore. The light saved them. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. No humanology, no wisdom, no knowledge on earth can save us. Only Jesus can save us because he is the light of the world. We live in a world that's shrouded in darkness. You look around and it's not too hard to see that. The darkness causes us to stumble. It causes us to make mistake after mistake after mistake. I think in order to clearly see the things around us, we need the light to expose all the dangers and all the temptations that overwhelm us. In Jesus' own words, we can find that true source of light. We can see it, and it can guide us in avoiding these dark issues that surround us. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for being the light in our world, a world of darkness. Open our hearts today and expose to us this darkness. Explore, Father, our hearts as we explore your word and seek to understand more about you. You are the guiding light. Your empowering light and your promise of eternal life are open for those who will see the true light today. I pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Well, welcome back. Good to see you, church family. Glad you're back again with us this Sunday morning. Uh, We started last week a new series, and the series is called In His Words, Letting Jesus Speak for Himself. And as you have gathered, it's the I Am quotes that Jesus gave us, at least four of them in the New Testament. A brief recap, last week we looked at the I am statement that Jesus uh, said in the gospel. These statements help us to understand the true nature of who Jesus is. They are in his own words. They are recorded in the inspired word of God, our Bible. And every one of them is a gift to us. It shows us the character and the nature of God. Today will be no exception. Turn with me to John chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 8 verse 12 Jesus says these words I am the light of the world 
Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. As you well know, if you ever try to navigate in the dark room, a light's an amazing thing. And furthermore, Jesus, our Savior, isn't just a flicker of light, is he, in a dark room? Oh, no. No, he's the light of the world. He is a beacon that illuminates every corner of our lives. His light guides us, empowers us, and shows us the way to eternal life. He is what he said. I am the light of the world. As C.S. Lewis so eloquently put it, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. That light opens our eyes just like the sun opens everything around us, illuminates us, and it shows the path to our home to heaven. It's where we'll spend eternity in that eternal light. The heavens need no light because they have Jesus, the eternal light of the world. So as we come to this, I want to start with, with three points. There'll be some subpoints in it. But first, three main points. First of all, the light of Jesus guides us. As we think about that idea that the light of Jesus guides us, it's not just a metaphorical concept. It's not just an illusion. It's a practical, life-altering reality that has the power to guide us throughout the labyrinth of life. Does it feel like that sometimes as you go through life? It's a, it's a maze. It's a puzzle. You're not exactly sure which way to go or, or what is open to you. It's confusing, but the light opens it. We think of the light. We think about how it illuminates our surrounding, helping us to see the path that we face daily. When we think of that idea, that, that first point, the light of Jesus guides us. I want you to think about this as a sub-point. First of all, similarly, Jesus, as the light of the world, illuminates our spiritual path guiding us throughout the complexities and the challenges of life. Yes, the sun shows us the way, but Jesus shows us the spiritual way, how we live our lives and how it's possible. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light on my path. Is he talking about a physical path? No. He's talking about a spiritual path. The way that you need to know how to work, how to get through, again, the labyrinth of life. I think under that sub-point B, Jesus lights, guides us by the revealing of truth. Jesus' light guides us by the revealing of truth. In a world that's often filled with deception, confusion, and falsehood, a world that tries to confuse us, his light permeates the darkness and it reveals the truth that he said sets us free. And the, the truth will set you free. He is that truth, and he illuminates that for us. And it's through that light that we can discern wrong from right. Without that, we would be confused. We'd be at our own thoughts, and we know that our own thoughts are evil and wicked, that we want to do, the Bible says, whatever we want to do. But that may not be the right thing. And so God illuminates truth from falsehood, reality from illusion, and gives us the revealing of truth. Under that sea, his light is also known and shows us 
the way to live. His light is also known and it shows us the way to live. His life and the teachings of Jesus, his life and his teachings, both serve as a model to us. It reveals to us how we should live and how we follow. He taught us to love our neighbors, to forgive those who wrong us, to seek justice, to show mercy, to walk humbly before our God. And by following his example, the light of the world, we can navigate the complexities of life and we can find wisdom and grace. His light serves as a compass, if you will. It points us in the right direction and how we're supposed to live. It helps us make decisions that honor God and benefit others, the people around us. I think that's the truth that the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 when he wrote this. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run With the perseverance, the race marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Why? Because he's the light. He's the model. He's the example. He is who we should follow. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Under that number one point again, D, he is the guide, the light, the lamp to our path through life, which includes this, divine purpose and calling to his kingdom. Divine purpose and calling to his kingdom. Think about that. Each one of us has been created for a unique purpose. The Bible says he knit us together in our mother's womb. He knew exactly what he was making out of you. He knit you together in his mother's room. He knew exactly what he was making out of you. You have a divine and unique purpose that assigns you only to fulfill it. You can't fulfill my purpose. My wife cannot fulfill my purpose. I cannot fulfill her purpose. I cannot fulfill your purpose. Only you can. And it may be challenging, but it's that very light that helps us to discover how we can, in the midst of that challenge, discover our purpose. It's through his light that we can discover and fulfill our God-given purpose. His light illuminates the path and reveals the steps that we need to take to fulfill our calling and to live as disciples of Christ. That divine calling that only you can fulfill. E, underneath one, E. The light of Christ also provides us, I love this, with comfort, and hope in times of darkness. That light provides us with comfort and hope in times of darkness. Life is filled with challenges. We've heard some of those challenges today from David's family. We've experienced those challenges ourselves. You have your own challenges, which you may or may not have shared with people in this church. But those trials can also, unfortunately, cause us to lose hope sometimes to wonder what we should do. But isn't it wonderful, however, that Jesus, the light, shines brightest in the darkest of times? He reveals himself in a way by providing comfort and hope and reassurance in your life that he is there for you. 
His light reminds us that no matter how dark the circumstances around us may seem, there is always hope. There is always a way out. I know the light of Jesus is is tangible. It's real. It's not a metaphor. It helps me to meet life, and it helps me to experience him in my daily life. That light guides us, and to review, A, that light illuminates our path. B, that light reveals the truth. C, that light shows us the way to live. D, that light leads us to our divine purpose. And E, that light provides us with comfort and hope in times of darkness. You know what Psalms 35 says? Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning with the light. With the light of Jesus, rejoicing will come, even in those times of trial and suffering. I remember I have a Bible, and in it I drew a little figure of Mickey Mouse. It was a thing that I I was looking for an answer, and I didn't want to Mickey Mouse around with the solution. And I prayed that God would give me that. And every time I go back to that Bible and find that little picture in that Bible, I remind myself of a time in my life where I asked God for guidance and insight, and he gave it. That little mouse reminds me every time I see a Disney thing, I'm reminded that God doesn't fool around. He offers us guidance. He gives us insight when we pray for it and when we come to him in honesty and truth, seeking him in our spirit. Number two, the power of Jesus' light. Number two, the power of Jesus' light. The light of Christ is powerful. There's no other way to say it. (laughs) It's all power. In the New Testament, it says you shall receive power. And this will come upon you when you receive the spirit he talks about that power and that word power is the word we get the word dynamite from dunamis when they were looking for a word to explain dynamite they looked to that old greek word dunamis to explain something that was explosive you might think in the time of the romans maybe as as a volcano would explode how much power is involved in that since they didn't have dynamite But that power is not merely physical. It's not a physical illumination like the lights we have in here, but it's that spiritual one we talked about that transforms lives and hearts. That power transforms us. It changes us. That's why the New Testament says, you shall receive power and you will be my witnesses. It changes who we are. Imagine those disciples who were cowering in fear, who were uneducated, and then after the power came upon them, people marveled that they had been with Jesus and they were uneducated men. What changed them? The power of the illumination of God. It's a power that transforms us. It transcends the the natural world and reaches into the very soul of every believer in all existence. Not only is the light of Jesus the light of the world, but his kingdom is one of light. Its very nature is light. It is inherently light. Colossians 1, 13 through 14 says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. That's the other side. 
and brought us into the kingdom of his son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. We have gone from darkness into light, the power that has changed us, just like a lighthouse guides ships safely to shore. Jesus' light guides us through the tumultuous seas of life when we're not sure what we need to do. It illuminates our path, helps us to navigate through the trials. It helps us to navigate through the tribulation. It helps us to navigate through the uncertainties that you and I always will face. They will not be apart from us. We are never offered a life free of those, but we are offered someone who can help us through those to lead the way. It provides a clarity where there's confusion Direction where there is aimlessness and hope where there is despair. It is a beacon that constantly points us toward God's will and his purpose for our lives. There is a mere strip of sand on the castle island near the eastern end of the Bahamas archipelago. Few people are aware of it. It's tiny. It's isolated. And Castle Isle is important because of the lighthouse And its lighthouse is the sole source of humanity on the island. Just one man sets in that lighthouse on that small strip of sand. One day a young man was sailing in the area and he he anchored his sailboat off of that sandy shore and he saw the lighthouse. He got out of his, his boat and made his way to shore and he was met by Cedric Hanna. He was delighted to see him. Cedric was there by himself, and he was, it was great to see somebody on the island. There's never hardly anybody on the island. And he asked the young man to help him uh, to eat a, a freshly lobster-caught dinner and a tour of the lighthouse, which he said, certainly. The young man climbed the winding staircase, and he made his way to the side, up the side until he made it into the area of the lighthouse. There he was amazed at the size of the flame of a little kerosene lamp that shone in the lighthouse, barely enough light to read by. And yet, with the mirrors and reflectors that surrounded it, it transformed that light so that it could shine 25 miles out into the bay and people could see that small light because of the mirrored reflections that surrounded it. You know, Jesus has told us to let the light shine, to let our light shine. But what if our life is dim? What if our light is dim? What if our works are few and small? I believe that they are magnified, reflected. They're they're blown up so that they can be seen alongside the power of Jesus. He reflects that in our heart so that humanity can see the kindness and the love of God. I think the story of the Castle Island reminds each and every one of us that the most insignificant act can be seen from afar when it's reflected by God. Maybe such as giving up your place in the grocery line to a mother with a fussy child. Or or maybe a short two-line note in a neighbor's mailbox encouraging them during a difficult time, letting them know you are there for them. Or maybe a smile or a hello. It's somebody who works in a booth or works at a cash register letting them know you appreciate what they do. Such faint candles of light can be multiplied by the almighty God to touch people's lives and shine as a beacon in their darkness. 
you are a light, but a light that's put under a bushel cannot shine. Let it shine. Let the power of God shine in you. Jesus' light, that power, as we said, is transformative. It has the ability to change you from the inside out. When we allow Jesus' light to shine in our lives, it exposes sin, it exposes weakness, it exposes shortcomings. But the great news is, its exposure does not leave us in condemnation. He doesn't just point his finger at us and go, you, you're bad. But he shows us where we need to be transformed. And then he leads us into repentance. He leads us into forgiveness. And he leads us ultimately into transformation. Behold, all things are become new. You're transformed by the light that reveals your weakness when you give it all to Jesus. We're transformed from self-centeredness to Christ-centeredness. Jesus said, whoever follows him will not walk in darkness, but will walk in light. This light brings with it, I think, the fullest sense, joy, peace, purpose, eternal significance. That light, the light of the world, that shows us the consequences, conquers death, it says in the Bible, and promises eternal life. Where's your sting, death? It's no longer there because Jesus has confounded it. He has defeated it. He has risen again, and now the light shows the way to God. He built the bridge, and he illuminates your path to that. The renowned theologian John Stott once said, the Christ of the Bible is not a Christ of our own making. He is not a Christ who will always conform to our expectations. But he is a Christ who in the end will satisfy our deepest needs and fulfill our deepest desires. I think that quote encapsulates the power of Jesus' light. He may not be what we expect, but it's certainly what we need, and it will do something we never expected to happen when we turn our lives to Jesus. It will always satisfy our deepest spiritual needs and desires. A light that guides, transforms, and gives light is a light that is powerful beyond measure. It's a light that leads us to him, back home to eternal life. Number three, the promise of eternal life. That promise that he leads us to of eternal life is the most profound aspect of following Jesus. It is the one that is most important for us today as we proclaim in this service Jesus, the light of the world. Why else would we proclaim him if he did not change us? Why else would we honor him and and give him glory if he did not transform us to eternal life? It's what he promised. It's what we offer the world. Jesus is eternal life. Isn't that what he said? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believed him should not perish but have eternal life. It's the promise that changes us. It's the promise that shows the quality of life, not just here on earth. But what he offers us in heaven. When Jesus says, whoever 
follows me will have light. He's offering us an illumination, illuminated by his presence. A life filled with his love, with his grace, and with his truth. That's what he offers us. And that's what we get when we receive the life. I read a story by Michael McCarty. He said, a number of years ago, I was sitting in a doctor's office, and I picked up an edition of National Geographic. It had an amazing article of the power of light. The article's introduced and caught my attention, he said. He said, it said, light reveals the world to us. Body and soul crave it. Our light around us sets our biological clocks, the article said. It triggers our brains in sensations of colors that we couldn't see without the light. Light feeds us. It supplies the energy of of plants to grow. It inspires us with special effects like rainbows and sunsets. Light gives us life, changing tools from incandescent bulbs to lasers to fiber optics. All of that is based on light. Scientists don't really fully understand what light is. Some say it's, it's a wave. Some say it's something else. It's, it's, it's atoms that act in a certain way. One son said one thing and received a, an award, and another from the father had said something else in his life. they just not quite sure, scientists, what it is. After reading the introduction of the article, he said, the article had a spiritual insight, I think, for us as Christians. So I read on the verse that I had in my mind of Jesus being the light of the world. And it just raced through. He said over and over again, I saw the light and what it did, how it changed me, how it pushed me forward to the future, just like this article had told him about. It has efficacy now, but it will do something in the future I haven't even imagined yet. The Bible tells us that God is light and life. It's a life that begins the moment we accept Jesus as our Savior and continues forever. Think about that. The moment you become saved, it's eternal life. It never ends. It's marked by a deep and personal relationship with God that never ends. A life where we experience his love, his grace, his mercy, his peace that never ends. That is beyond human comprehension, don't you think? I I can't imagine that. I've had relationships with people that ended. I thought they were my friends, but it ended. I thought they'd be there the rest of our lives, but we no longer talked to each other. We were close. I remember all the times I served as either best man or someone served in my wedding, and I hardly see them now. It is not by just choice things happened. We no longer are close. But the relationship with Jesus never ends. It never is gone. It is eternal. We are not just passive recipients of God's love. We are called to actively participate in his divine plan. We are called to be the light of the world, reflecting Jesus' love and grace to those around us. We're called to live a life of purpose. Purpose. Remember, knit together in your mother's womb. You have a divine purpose. A life that is in line with God's will and his divine plan. I think this promise of eternal life is not just about the destination, heaven, but the journey 
here where we are. It's about living a life that's guided by Jesus' light, a life that is marked by his love, a life that is filled with his grace. It's about living a life that's not just about us, but about him. It's about living a life that's not just about what we can get out of Jesus, but what we can give to him. We'll talk about that tonight when we talk about servant leadership. What is leadership if it's not being a servant? Think of the James, the the Zebedee boys, James and John. We'll talk about them tonight and their requests and how Jesus taught them to be servants. It's about a life that's not just about our will, but about his will. Even Jesus said that, right? Not my will, but your will be done. That was the model that we talked about we should follow. In his words, Jesus said, whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it, Matthew 16, 25. Are you ready to lose your life for his sake? Are you ready to go to a world and let go of the passions and possessions? Are you ready to step out of the dominion of darkness to the kingdom of light. One author I read a lot, um, John Maxwell, had some thoughts. How many of us were afraid of the dark when we were little? <laughs> you, know, you know, had to have a light on. How many of you still are? You know, they tell me now that because I left the light on in my room, I have stigmatism. I didn't know that. You're supposed to sleep in darkness. Well, I do now. In an interview with Stephen King, he was asked... Um, do you write your stories at night? He says, are you kidding? Not with the stuff that I write. Are you kidding? Apparently, even he knows the darkness is scary. How many times have you watched a scary movie in the night? Maybe you've turned off all the lights, you're sitting on the couch, and then all of a sudden that face comes to the screen you weren't expecting, and you jumped out of your skin. How many times have you walked through a dark room and have tripped over something? I've done it before, I'm sure you have. It's both frustrating and painful. How many times have we avoided the problem if we had just turned on the light, but we stumbled through darkness? How many times have we tripped over something in our lives because we were walking alone in the dark? I do that in my physical life. I think we do it in our spiritual lives too. How many times in our spiritual lives could we have avoided tripping over some obstacle that causes us to stumble simply by shining the light of Jesus on it and asking for his guidance? I think it's worth noting that Jesus' words when he states, I am the light of the world, like he said, I am the bread of life last week. He's not only the provision and the sustenance of life, he's the path through it, the trail, the road, the way. Isn't that what it's been called? Christianity's been called the way. And so for those of us in this room today who have been wandering and stumbling in darkness, convinced that there must be more, I offer you this, Jesus, the way, the light of the world. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I know there are others who need to hear the words from Jesus. 
I am the light of the world. And I pray that we would be that light that shines for them, that our actions and activities would reveal the truth that Jesus is the light of the world, that we can give them insight on how they can find life and light and grace and love. Open our eyes that we might not stumble so that we can show others the way. We pray in your holy name, amen.